Please put a thumb in the air. Everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Spotify Live post game. My name is Bill Matz, and I make my triumphant return this evening. Uh, thanks to everyone who's, uh, you know, been patient and understanding during this time. Uh, it's been a little ridiculous for me lately, but we are back, and we are talking about a Flyers win. That's right, a victory, the first time in eleven games ending a 10-game losing streak, beating the Islanders tonight, and kind of looking, I'm not going to say good, but looking like, if this was, like, say you're just a random, random hockey fan, you throw on the old Hulu tonight, and you watch the game, you look at the Flyers and go, I mean, they're solid, they're solidly mediocre, you know, it's, they didn't, I don't know if they were desperate tonight, but Maybe this is as desperate as a team with, you know, this many borderline NHL players can be. Uh, but you, you saw a team that just kind of played good, solid hockey and got a win for it. I, I was especially impressed with their third period. Uh, they held they held the Islanders to seven shots in the third period. And, like, before the power play, that late power play, I think they only had, like, three three or four, it was quite a performance, I thought, for this team. Now, listen, I'm not erasing a 10-game losing streak. Obviously, this is a bad team, but John Tortorella has stated the goal at this point. It's to just keep teaching and just kind of keep pushing forward and getting the most he can out of the players he does have, and I thought it was a good response tonight from the team. Obviously, again, they're not good losing 10 in a row is almost hard to do in the modern NHL. But they come away with a victory tonight, nonetheless, and I was pretty proud of the guys. I'm glad they got a victory considering the way they played. Now, overall, losses are good. Getting to the bottom of the standings, being one of the worst teams in hockey, having the best possible lottery odds heading into into the 2023 entry draft, is the best thing that can possibly happen for this team. But when they come out and play the way they did tonight, uh, it's, it's, I feel good for the players who actually came out and gave it their all and they earned a win. They definitely earned a win outshot the Islanders, uh, 33, 24. They erased the early deficit. Noah Dobson scores like three minutes in. And that was it. You know, Carter Hart, was excellent tonight. Uh, what were what, what was his final line? Carter Hart stopped twenty three of twenty four for a nine fifty eight save percentage. The only the only goal he allowed was on a five on three. 
that's pretty good. And that's basically what this team really is. Uh, when Carter Hart, yeah, when he is a 958 save percentage, they're going to win. And when he's just good to average to eh, they're probably going to lose. That's what we've seen throughout this season so far. And it's what came to fruition tonight. But it's always good to see Carter Hart come out and uh, win them a game because they don't have many pieces who are going to contribute to a winner in the future. You have to believe he's one of them, though. Stopped all 17 shots. He saw it even strength. Again, only allowed the one goal on a five on three. And I honestly thought that call to put them down two men, the uh, the Risto interference penalty, I'll take that all day. That's Risto using his size and physicality in a good, positive way, defending the front of the net. And did he get a little overzealous, knock a guy down? You know, that doesn't get called half the time. I will take that penalty out of Risto line and all day. And I thought Risto actually played a pretty decent game for him tonight. Uh, a lot of guys credit goes around to, and I have to ask you just to start this thing off. And I'm going to ask the crew on BSH radio tomorrow, maybe to start the show. Should I get a Delorier Jersey? Now it'll be a knockoff uh, because fanatics and the flyers aren't getting any of my money, but just to really encapsulate this ridiculous <laughs> it's Kelly already. <laughs> Just to encapsulate this ridiculous era and this ridiculous season, man, I love, I do love Nick Delorier. Now, the signing was bad, giving him four years, signing him at all, maybe. A stupid decision, especially, you know, trade protection in a four-year contract. But I can't say I don't like him. I can't say that. So, uh, all right, that's it uh, on my thing. You know how these post games go. It's your show, so let's get to the callers. We're going to lead it off with Warren Brody. What's up tonight, Warren? How are you doing? Very well. How are you tonight? Good. Good. Congratulations on all the work you're doing for WIP. I thought you were going to get the morning show gig. Uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe a couple years down the line. Maybe. But, uh, maybe. So. That beginning of the game with the fights, I mean, I, re- I thought we were going to have another Ottawa Flyers game. From, you know, I remember that game where there was a fight after every faceoff. So that that was interesting. Uh, you know, I'm thinking that the Flyers hired Torch to take the attention away from Chuck Fletcher because his, his behavior is very interesting, <laughs> to say I don't the least. Know. I don't know specifically if it's to take the attention away from Chuck Fletcher, but I do think there's an element of, you know, we're going to talk about Tortorella. Like, the the team's on a 10-game losing streak, and we're talking about the shit he says and does rather than how bad the team is. I do think there's an element of that. I think he definitely is here to restore accountability and just kind of some sort of level of professionalism to a team that has gone so far off the rails over the last few years. And ultimately, it was a hockey decision. But there's something to at least the way he's acting. He's doing it somewhat on purpose to take attention away from the rest of the shit show. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it was a good game tonight. Uh, You know, better than some of the recent games. Uh, I thought Carter Hart was really the difference. And, you know, when he plays well like that, they, they, they have a good chance of winning. So. Yeah, he was he was the guy tonight. He was the one that really won them the game. Now, they had a lot of scoring opportunities. They could have scored a lot more than two before the empty netter, but it's uh, 
it's going to come down to Carter Hart whether they win or lose a lot of nights because this team cannot score goals. They really struggle to do it. It's going to be Carter Hart. Can you ask Charlie about this whole thing with Zamora? What what the heck's going on with him? He was up, and then they stopped playing him, and then they sent him down for a week. Then they bring him back. They have to develop. All of a sudden, they have to develop a young defenseman. It's just the whole thing is it's so strange. I don't know. I don't I, really. I don't really understand. I mean, they keep saying they're developing a lot of young players, and they're actually not. Not yeah. as many as they said they were going to. They're bringing up these retreads like Wilman. Max Wilman, yeah. I mean, that's such a waste of time. I I hope at some point we're going to see some of some of the better prospects up here. Yeah, um, I think yeah. for Zamula specifically. It's uh, they think he is what he is, and he's a guy who can fill in. He's a six or a seven, and he can just kind of be their fill in. It's not really a development thing, and uh, but we'll we'll definitely talk about it on the show. We're recording tomorrow, but I, I the read I get on it is they think Zamula, what he is right now is what he's always going to be, and it's a borderline NHL player. So they're going to use him in this this bounce back and forth role. Right. Have a good night. All right, take it easy. Thanks a lot, Warren. Uh, appreciate you jumping in tonight. Had to get Warren in first because a couple of shows ago, I accidentally hung up on him and ended, ended the whole show. So he gets uh, he gets priority to start things off. We're going to go to Nikki Hall now. What's going on, Nikki? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. What's up? All right. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, about eight seconds into the game, we already had, what, two fights? I'm just, I, I legit, I saw that. I didn't watch all of the game. I got like the very tail end of it. I was just like, two fights and not even eight seconds into the game. Like, what, where, where else have I heard this from? Like, <laughs> it's, you know, I get the, uh, I get the idea the, the carryover, the home and home. They just played each other. It's a contentious game. And both teams, listen, it's, you know, they've stopped a lot of the, you know, preordained fightings, the predetermined, okay, we're going to get our two, we're going to get our goons out there and they're going to fight. But when Mm. both teams have these guys out to start the game, you know why they did it. Oh, no, without a doubt. Um, Fact that, (laughs) it was funny, I was listening to uh, the Fanatic and um, they were talking about, yeah, yeah, I know. But (laughs) they were talking about how Kevin Hayes, and I found it interesting that they were like saying like, you know, they kind of, they kind of remind, they remind, it reminds them of Yamir Yager. And I thought that was interesting because of how he stick handles or some, some ish like that. Yeah. I think we've made this, this comparison before. Like it's very clear, you know, he's obviously a lot healthier than he was last year. He was never mm-hmm. a fast skater, but you know, that first season, mm-hmm. whether you consider him fast or not, he had a lot of plays where all of a sudden he was on a breakaway and pulling away from the defenseman behind him, you know, two, mm-hmm. three steps. So he was able to use his size and his stride to to really pull away. And he doesn't seem to have that, whether it comes back with more health or not. You know, it doesn't look good at this point. It's been a while since all of his procedures. And if he's mm-hmm. just who he is now, at least he has that puck possession game, that ability to distribute, hold the puck, and uh, find open guys. Like, if this is just who he is for the remainder of his contract, then at least it's not a total loss. 
No, not at all. Um, I mean, I wasn't expecting a superstar player out of him. I'm going to be honest. Like, I saw that signing, and I know we talked. You've talked about it a bit. Like, you know, you had at one point you mentioned you'd hope for a splashier move at the time, and I agree. At the time, there's probably maybe like one or two other players I may have seen that they could have gone after instead. But I mean, for what it's worth, you know, aside of all the procedures, I can't say he's been. He's That's- not been great, but he hasn't been like the worst. That's, I wanted, just going into that offseason, I wanted Matt Duchesne. Uh, mm-hmm. When they got uh, Kevin Hayes, I thought this is a, a step in the direction of Johnny Goudreau. That's why I really liked it, was because it just seemed as if you do this so you can do the next thing. And they never did that next thing. But when he's been healthy, he's been a very productive player for them. It's just he's mm-hmm. been hurt some. Uh, but, I mean, he's a point-of-game player for them right now. Oh, no. No, without a doubt. Um, and then a couple other things. It's more injury-related. Uh, did we ever find out what happened with D'Angelo? I know that they said something about he, like, threw a tantrum after he left the ice, and I don't know what the ordeal is. And that it is it is clarified that we are getting Atkinson back on Thursday, or what's what's the situation between those those two? Uh, D'Angelo, I was a little surprised just because Tortorella said he's banged up, but thinks he could have played tonight, but maybe it's just one of those, eh, why push it? You know, we're on a 10 game losing streak. This team's going nowhere. This guy's signed for next year too. Why push it? Mm -hmm. Uh, I would love to see Atkinson back just because he's a spark. He's a player who really gives a shit and he's a guy who, uh, who has worked with Tortorella before. So it could be good just to have the locker room uh, to just to have him back in the locker room and kind of his leadership. But uh, I guess we'll see on Thursday. Uh, I guess that we will. And uh, I'm honestly glad that, you know, we did get a win. I mean, I don't expect a lot of these. I'm going to be honest, but it feels nice to win every once in a while for a change. It does. And thanks a lot, Nikki. Yeah. Listen, like, <laughs> you know, uh, losses are good getting up in the draft lottery, getting towards the bottom of the standings, that's all very important for this team at this point because there's no other path to acquiring top-end talent for them uh, considering the cap situation and everything. But if they win one out of every 11, <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Kelly, did you want to jump in or are you just cool hanging out in the comments? I'm good either way. I just wanted to know if you... Uh, I guess you'd put up a speaker request if you actually wanted to talk, but... Just throwing it out there. You can always join me here. Uh, let's bring in another caller. Let's go to Patrick Reedmiller. What's up tonight, Patrick? Hey, Bill. Long time no see. How's it been? Well, good win, but did we really just witness another 10-game losing streak? It's, the it's unbelievable. During Chuck Fletcher's tenure here? Like, <laughs> are, we, are we in deja vu? It's the third one that? in a calendar year. And I just looked this up during the game. I went back to the 10-game winning streak in 2016. And four of these five 10-game streaks have all happened at basically the exact same time in the calendar. I pinned it on my Twitter profile if you want to see the exact dates. But all four of them, the one winning streak and the three losing streaks, all ended at exactly 10, and they're all basically the exact same point in the calendar. It's the weirdest fucking thing in the world. They also had the other one, like, end of January into February last year, or end of December into January last year. But it's, 
I've never seen anything like this. A team that you can just... They had the one, and that was like in 2016, so it was forever ago. But to just have these streaks... Uh, never ending. It's they play most of their games in the middle of some kind of streak. Yeah, I mean, like you would think that would be a fireball offense because, like, when they lost Ted, I was like, I was like commenting, I'm like, you guys need to get rid of this front office because it, it's bad. It's absolutely bad. Yeah, that's Chuck Fletcher. Obviously, needs to go, Patrick. Uh, I will never sit here and defend Chuck Fletcher. Like, I'm going to ask, in all sincerity on tomorrow's podcast, considering what they gave up, and the answer is nothing, uh, for for Lucas Sedlak, is he the best acquisition that, that Chuck Fletcher has made, you know? Like, just because it costs nothing and he's a decent player? But I, I don't want him... It's not like he's the scapegoat because he's actively bad at his job. But it can't be just Fletcher. It is an organizational problem that starts at the very top. And I don't know how you fix Dave Scott because, you know, he's in charge. I can't – who's going to fire him? You know, Mr. Comcast? But uh, <laughs> but it's not just Chuck Fletcher. Fletcher sucks, and I hope he gets fired yesterday. But it's not just him, and I don't want it to be, oh, we got rid of Fletcher, so now everything's okay. Because we fell for that with Hextall and Hackstall, and now there's another regime that came in, and they're just as bad, if not worse. So in theory, I guess I'll end on this. If he does get fired, is a, is another flyer going to come in? Like, do you trust another flyer's blood coming in to save this thing? Because I, I really don't know, though. That's the, that's the thing, Patrick, is – it's Danny Briere, and maybe oh, Danny yeah. Briere is the next fucking genius. Maybe he's the next Joe Sackick. Maybe he's the next Stevie Y. It could very well be. But why should I believe that's the case, considering this team's track record? Yeah, that's where I'm kind of at on that, Bill. And uh, as always, thanks for doing these. Ah, you got it. Thanks a lot for joining tonight, Patrick. Always appreciate everybody's participation in the post games. Uh, let's go to Ian Ackerman. Ian, you are live. Hey, Bill. What's up, man? How are you tonight? Doing pretty good. Um, I actually enjoyed the hell out of tonight's game. I know, like you've been saying, losses are good in the long run, but I wanted this one tonight. I wanted this stupid streak to end. The Islanders are dumb. I still can't stand them. And uh, I honestly thought the boys like fought pretty hard for every inch of the ice tonight, and they played a pretty damn good team game. Like it seemed to me to be a definitive uh torts coached team type of game. Yeah, no, they they weren't desperate, but they played hard and they just played good solid hockey and I want them to be rewarded for games like this. You know, some of the wins early on where they were just getting their, you know, their shit kicked in, but Carter Hart was awesome. It's like, yeah, they didn't even deserve to win this one. They just got a 970 save percentage out of their goalie. When they come out and play like this, I want the players to be rewarded because some of these guys are going to be here. You can't get rid of everybody. And I want the guys to know that when you actually do your job and play well, you will win. Uh, they they earned this one. They absolutely deserved a W tonight, and they got it. Right, I agree. And to me, like, maybe it's just because it's a division rival. Yeah, uh, I hate the Islanders. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're the last team to knock us out of the playoffs, which seemed like a lifetime ago. Oh but I, I enjoyed this win more than, like, the Tampa or the Florida one. I mean, I it was good to see them, like, finish it. And uh, 
I feel like in seasons past, like when the Islanders got that late power play in the third, like they would have been like, oh shit, here it comes. They're going to tie it and they're going to score in regulation again to get the win. But like, I honestly like didn't think they were going to give up a goal and I figured they would help hold on. And they did like, yeah, this one, when they got that power play with like what, four minutes to go or whatever it was, I'm just thinking this has overtime loss written all over it. And to their yeah. credit, they they finished it, and that's that's what you got to do. So good for them. Yeah, or like, a, you know, a shootout or something where, like, none of our skaters score, but, you know, they score, like, on the first one, and that's it. Kelly says, Ian is correct. This is our Stanley Cup, and you know what? Maybe it is. Ending a 10-game losing streak is our Stanley Cup. Hey, I'll take it. Um, thanks again for all you guys do. Uh, looking forward to the show tomorrow, and – uh yeah, talk to you guys later. See ya. All right, appreciate it. Thanks a lot for dropping by tonight. Uh, let's go to Chris Krochak. What's up tonight, Chris? Very well, very well. So first of all, no one's answered your question yet, so I'm obligated to about the Nick Delorier jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Uh, I forgot about it already. <laughs> yeah, as hysterical as that would be, and nothing against Nick Delorier, I'm saying you absolutely cannot do that because if anyone in the front office sees you wearing that at a game. It's just going to validate everything they think about that signing. That the the, well, that's, the fans I don't, love that. <laughs> I don't go to many games. I am going to the game out in Vegas uh, in a couple in what like a week or two. But uh, yeah, that's true. I don't want anyone to think I actually approve of it. It's mostly because I think it's funny and I love fighting. Maybe you could wear it at the away games just to like reinforce yeah. every stereotype about Flyers fans that all we like is fighting. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 true. I do. You know, I always say when people run into Philly fans, they want the show. You know, whether they come here or they see us at away games, they've read the newspapers, they've heard all the rumors and everything. If they engage you, it's because they want the full experience, and me wearing the Fighters jersey would be part of that experience. Give him the show. That's it, man. I agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, the only other thing I wanted to say is, um, you know, in years past, I'd be angry about, like, the effort level. But I actually got to give Tortorella credit with how he's handling, uh, like, all the press conferences for the most part. Like, he just really refuses to put his team, like, down. Like, every now and again, he'll call someone out. But he really does seem to re- refuse to call out the effort. And I think it's really smart by Torts because I think he just knows it's like, dude, I have a shit roster. There's nothing I can do with this. We might squeak out a couple games here and there on goaltending or on a lucky bounce. But I think he just knows, like, I, I can't put these players down too hard because it's like they can't control the team yeah, that they're, they're not on. good. No, yeah. and listen, the team is frustrating. The organization is maddening. I can't be like overly critical of the players because I don't think they're very good. So obviously they lose every night, you know, like why wouldn't they? Other teams are usually just much better and watching them. I think they are trying. I don't think this is a lack of effort thing. I think they just stink. Yeah. And it's like, that's the thing I always say. I'll never question, you know, if the team's trying, then I can't be mad at the team, right? Like they just weren't the better team that night on paper. This is, this is Chuck Fletcher's fault. Has nothing to do with the players. Like they didn't fucking choose to put this team together. Like Lucas Sedlak being a waiver acquisition and being one of the top six forwards. That wasn't his choice. You know, Kevin Hayes isn't a first line player. Like what are we doing? 
Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, Lucas Sedlak is in your top six. I mean, I don't even know if on a good AHL team he's on the top six. And like, that's nothing against the guy. I'm sure he's Hey, he's been good. Artist. He's been good. Yeah. Can't, can't knock him. Yeah, so I think, like, I think Torts is in a weird way kind of posturing a bit. Like, I think he knows he's going to outlast Chuck. At least I hope. At least I hope. He has um, to. Fletcher cannot unless unless Tortorella just goes fuck it I'm done. The GM cannot get another coach, and if that happens, like Fletcher should have his resignation in within 24 hours because he can't make the next decision. He cannot no be responsible for anything that happens to the future of this franchise. And, and I think Torch genuinely cares about this franchise, and I think he genuinely doesn't want to lose that room. He doesn't want to. You know, he doesn't want to piss anyone off and cause too many risks. He knows. He knows the team is shit. And I think he wants to be here for the long haul. He's been doing this a long time. If he gets – if he turns on them, they turn on him. You know, it's not December yet. What happens over the next four or five months? Like, it's unwatchable. It's it's pointless hockey. Even if he thought the effort was the issue – he can't go all in on that right away. You know, how long is his contract? How much longer is the season? He can't do that shit now. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And uh, the last thing I want to say is I actually think uh, the way he's handling Hayes, which must suck to be Hayes, it's working because, I mean, first of all, Hayes, I don't know if, if you agree, but I think he just looks absolutely miserable in every interview, every shot of him on the bench. He just looks like Torts has sucked the life out of him, but he's producing. And that's what Torts told us he would do. He's like, I'm there to get the best out of them. And they might not like me for it, but that's my job. And he's doing it. Yeah, I think it might be a bit of a culture shock with Hayes. Just like he's the fun-loving, you know, carefree guy. And suddenly he's got the hard-ass coach. And it's also just the tough position Hayes is in as how many other established NHL players are there on this roster, he's going to ride somebody. And we just like, it's unfair for him to shit on like, who's he, is he going to pick on Zach McEwen? You know, like who's he going to shit on if it's not Kevin Hayes? Seriously. I mean, I I don't think there's anyone even in the lineup with more NHL experience than Hayes right now. Really? I mean, Justin Braun, like that's like, there's nobody. All right. It's Justin Braun. I mean, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're going to make an example out of your third pair defenseman. Like a guy who should just be retired or playing 10 minutes on a good team. He chose to be here. Like uh, exactly like Kevin Hayes. Someone asked me on Twitter tonight, uh, Adam Bortz, who's often in these, uh, these post games. Is he like playing the Mike Ruzioni role where the coach is just kind of riding him to get the team to rally around him. And I don't think that's ridiculously far off base. You know, he is one of the leaders. He's, you know, we all think, oh, maybe Scott Lawton gets to see, maybe Couturier gets it, but there's no question Kevin Hayes is one of the leaders in this locker room. And when the team sees the or when the team sees the coach shitting on that one guy, maybe they rally around that. I mean, how many years did that's a great point. How many years do we hear about all Hayes' buddies like wanting to come play here and how much they loved him and loved being in the locker room with him? And it's like maybe it's pissed all these guys off, like, you know, we'll show you. You know, this is our guy. And he's just Fair one point. of the few who can take it. It's almost a compliment. It's almost yeah. a ca- compliment to Hayes. It's true. And one last thing I'll say is I just realized you just made me, like, uh, reflect upon this offseason one more time. We really brought back Nick Sealer and Justin Braun. It's I cannot believe unbelievable. it. unbelievable. 
I cannot I, believe it. I feel bad for Justin Braun. Like nobody <laughs> else. Want, he's pretty good. Nobody else would give him a one year deal. Like what? what uh, he just maybe he just wanted the same year as last year. He gets to probably be never moved out of his apartment. <laughs> yeah, he's just like he can't get out of his lease. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, thanks thanks for jumping in. Like maybe he. Maybe Justin Braun just wanted the same season as last year where he gets to be somewhere comfortable for most of the year, just do his thing, play his game. And then uh, at the trade deadline, he basically gets to go to a playoff team, you know, with without having to choose preseason. Like, okay, where do I want to go? Is this team up and coming or whatever? Now it's like, hey, man, in March, you might be a devil. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> like, I guess that's something. Kelly, I got no more speaker requests at this very moment, so jump in and talk to me. I'm waiting for you. I can. Oh, look. Wow, you are just quick. What's up tonight, Kelly? Thanks. Oh, I was muted. I'm a professional. There you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- this app is apparently just a huge pain in the ass. It's a little glitchy, but it gets the job done. It's it's been telling my telling me my signal is weak, and I'm like, that's impossible. You have no idea what I pay for Wi-Fi. Uh, so those <laughs> fights at I the start it. of this game, I know you did. In a vacuum, I didn't hate them. It's just, I don't know, Listen. staged fights when you've lost ten, like. But that's the thing. We have these guys. They've lost 10 in a row. This is what they can do. This is their contribution. It's the only way they can possibly fucking help. Do something to change the tone, the energy. Get a little... Just get some fucking animosity. Get the guys fired up. It's all they can do. I I don't... I get it. I I realize it's... Like, this is basically an AHL game. Like, okay, we're going to put out Frank Bylos and some right. shit because the, fans, because the fans want blood. And it is, there is something to it. Like, they're at home tonight. They're kicking off, a, a, they're kicking off you know, a, a bunch of games at home. A homestand, that's the word I'm that's looking for. Uh, and you, you don't want the fans chanting Fire Fletcher fucking five minutes into the game, which they are poised to do. So oh yeah, them, they're ready. Get, like there, there's a part of that too. There's there's always that little let's get the building on our side and you get in a couple of fights, people are people are ready to support you rather than hope something goes wrong so they can chant fire the general manager. Yeah, and like I don't want to shit on, you know, the one win that we've seen in the last month. It was good. They did do good hockey things in order to get this win. I just, you know, it just reinforces the wrong thing for the idiots that are running the team. I, I just somewhere Bob Clark like, is going. See, see, but this is this their first win in eleven games. Like that yeah. is just—it's the second time in twenty, what, twenty-three games now that they've led after the first period. They can't possibly look at the sample size of one and go, "This is working." Like, there's Can't no I? logical thinking person who'd be like, and I realize what I just said, like yes. a, bunch of, a bunch of buffoons <laughs> are thinking about this logically, but like, there's no right thinking person who goes, well, see, this yes. works when they have twice as many losses as wins. 
You said several things there that I think that if you reflect upon them, you will know where your mistakes were made. There are no right thinking people. I can't. Uh, we'll do it plenty tomorrow. I'm sure. I know. Yeah. But I just can't it. shit on them after a win, and it's. I don't want to. I don't want to. But I know. I know you, you know. Kelly. You're the you're the biggest fan I know. You're the only one who still actually supports them of everyone I've ever met. Tomorrow I'll feel better about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to our boy Matt. He's been hanging on. What's up tonight, Matt? There he is. Matt, you're muted. Hit that on. I, I got it, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How uh, how's it going out there? Oh, it's going very well. Good, good. Um, so a couple points. Um, I actually didn't watch today, although I don't know if that really means anything. Um, can you can you do me a favor? Like, when are you guys recording your next uh, next thing with Charlie? Tomorrow in the afternoon or evening. We haven't nailed down a time, but we'll be ah. recording tomorrow. Okay, okay. So um, just being like a few guys, whatever, um, we were wondering and if, if Charlie's willing to do it, it'd be awesome. But um, just to get like a bit more of a breakdown on like the power structure of the front office. Like we, we know that, you know, whatever, like Fletcher's in charge, you know, you can look up on their website, like who the advisors are and all that shit. But um, I don't know if he has any insight or if, or if you guys do, maybe you can speak to that now um, of just, you know, who kind of really runs things like where the polls are from. Um, you know, it, it's hard to kind of get excited about, you know, McEwen or Delorier, whatever, you know, yeah. um, but uh, it like the political aspect of that is just kind of interesting. Cause if you look back at this summer, like this whole broad street bully sort of remade rebirth thing, like that's, that's not from Fletcher. Like he's the most vanilla guy ever. He had the shittiest haircut coming in here. <laughs> that's not, uh, <laughs> that, that is not him. You know, like that, that screams of, of guys who have been around here for a long time. And um, yeah, I don't know if, you know, he could speak to that a little without, you know, kind of getting himself into too much shit. Yeah. Um, well, definitely. That's always something to keep, you know, in the back of the mind. Cause like I said, you know, I want to see Chuck Fletcher fired, but the problems yeah. don't begin and end with him. It's an organizational thing. Uh, what I will say is, yeah, I think there's a bit of a business aspect to bringing, you know, bringing back McEwen, bringing in Delorier, mm-hmm. uh, what they think Ristolainen is and all this, you know, right. being big and tough and hard to play against. I think there is some business aspect to them thinking their fan base wants the physicality, wants the fights first right. and foremost. Uh, and so they go out of their way to make moves to make that happen. I, you know, Kelly and I talk a lot about how we think it's basically Clark and Holmgren still in charge. I yeah. don't know if that's exactly well, right. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've specified exactly what I think the case is. I think Chuck Fletcher has the job because he's Bobby Clark's boy. They worked together yep. in Florida when Clark was the GM, and because of that, they're just on the same wavelength, like whether or not Bobby Clark is actually making decisions, it doesn't matter because he came up in the Bobby Clark school of thought. Yeah. Like it, you know, it makes sense that like Clark is daddy and you know, like um, whatever, you know, Fletcher's just kind of doing that. Cause when you, when, when you think about it at the end of the day, like if, 
if the guys around Fletcher didn't approve, if the guys around, this is going to bring up my second point, like if the guys around Fletcher didn't like really what he was doing, he wouldn't fucking be here. Yeah. No, that's, I think even if Chuck Fletcher is the one making decisions, Dave Scott talks to the people who've been here a long time. Yeah. And they support Chuck Fletcher, so he supports Chuck Fletcher. Yeah, I think they're all sorry. No, no, go, go ahead, ahead go ahead, go ahead, Kelly. No, I was just gonna say, I think that we've heard like from Chuck Fletcher that he's big on collaboration, so he listens to everybody in the room, and he probably listens a little too much. Like we talked, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, about how like. Maybe no one should be listening to Ian LaPerriere as much as they are. Why are they doing that? He's not very smart or good at his job, so perhaps we should not be asking him what he thinks about certain players in the AHL. Like, I, I just think there's a little too much nice guy, let's listen to what everybody has to say, and then you couple that with what Bill said, that he is just one of these dudes they're just all the same guy. Like they're all Bob yeah. Clark. Yeah. Dave, yeah. Dave Scott is we Bob are all Clark. Bob Chuck Clark. Fletcher yes. is Bob Clark. Yeah, they're all the same guy. So it's, it's <laughs> I don't really, I don't really think it, it matters who it is specifically putting the pen to paper and right. you know making the moves. That's Chuck Fletcher. But you know they're Except all the, the working only, on it the, together. The only frustrating thing about that, Kelly, is. If the Flyers had zero cap room and absolutely no way of making it work, Bobby Clark still would have signed Johnny Goudreau. Like, if he had to cut half the fucking team and tell the commissioner, I don't know, I guess you can make us forfeit games because we're not cap compliant, he still would have gone and got <laughs> Johnny Goudreau. <laughs> Maybe. He, no, no, it's all good. He he would have. It, it's actually funny because you guys are bringing me all to like my my next point, so it, it makes it a lot easier. But um, you mentioned like spending money and like the the cap or whatever. So um, like again, I kind of added some of this shit up, and this would just be a little tangent. But so they like re they shit on this core that apparently like isn't good enough. And like I don't know if you heard Torts today. Maybe you guys talked about it. Um, he called Frost like a toilet seat. Did you guys yeah, see yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he's as up and down as a toilet seat. But um, so every core piece of this team, like aside from Ellis um, and aside from Hart, is locked in until 2025 to 2026, like that season. That's like a $46 million cap hit that is locked in until that point for like a bottom feeder team. Which That's is well like, over 50 like, holy shit, man. Like we're, you know, like you, you could buy, I don't know what you could buy for that. Like, I wish you hadn't done that math to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can get like, you can get an Island. You can get a boat full like, of cocaine. Like really nice boat. <laughs> you get a really nice boat with $46 million. <laughs> but how much cocaine can you get on that boat? Well, yeah, yeah. It depends lot, where the boat is going, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So just just last thing, I'll let you guys go here. So you guys did mention Dave Scott. So just um, if you listen to Frank Cervalli, or I don't know how to pronounce his name, um, he alluded to, um, or he said that there were a number of people sort of calling around um, and asking about whether the flyers are for sale. So we like we we disagree on this and and that's totally fine but for me like ownership 
is a problem. And not in the sense where I would say they don't spend money. I think they do. But let's say for a second that this was New York, that this was Toronto, this was Montreal, uh, Boston, whatever, you know, some of the more like well-run, more renowned teams. Would this front office be employed or would they be selling hot dogs on the street if they had an ownership team that knew a little bit more? Wait, wait, oh. wait, wait, wait. Let me wait. I because yeah. I have to. I'm gonna have to look this. Where did Saravali say this? Um, I'm looking in. Send you the link. Looking. It was on some okay. kind of Canadian, um, like podcast he was doing. Um, and and I can send you the link if you want. But he said Would that he, he basically heard yeah, that there were there were people kind of calling around whether the flyers are for sale. That there were whispers of that out there. Because if he that's really the case, and- that's like the that's the theme of our show tomorrow. So I would really like to see that. Yeah, no, no, I'll I'll send it to you. Like I I, I don't know. Again, like it, rumors are yeah, rumors, yeah, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know how legit that is. Um, for me, like I don't like this ownership because I think they spend money, but they don't give a fuck about the performance of the team. I I think this ownership. My problem with them, Matt, is. That even though you know Ed Snyder is you know the the patron saint, the founding father, he's the George Washington of of ice hockey in Philadelphia, basically. Michael Corleone. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is like even though he's gone, Comcast Spectacore is intrinsically tied to him. It's his yeah. fucking company, and therefore the people he had faith in, i.e., Bob Clark, Paul Holmgren, the whole good old boys. Dave network, Scott. Yeah. They lean on those guys, even though it's obviously bad. You know, it's been what fifty years since they won a cup. It's been a long time. Uh, they still like they have faith in those players. So, to your question, yeah, if there was an ownership change, the first thing an owner with half of a goddamn brain would do is completely start over from scratch. This front office, scouts, training staff. The people who sell the fucking tickets, and I don't want those people to lose their jobs. They have nothing to do with it. But I'm just saying, you know, start totally over I mean, would be the way a new, a new a new ownership should go. Grass is always greener until you end up with a Pagula or a Melnick or some other asshole who, you know, butts in a little bit too don't much. Don't speak like, ill of the dead, Kelly. <laughs> that's what I do here. I, like, Kelly, isn't the difference, though, like... The Ottawa Senators are not the biggest team in their market. You know, the Buffalo, like Buffalo is Buffalo. It's not Toronto. It's not Detroit. Like no matter what, the Flyers have a great market and a great fan base. They have money to spend no matter what. A new owner could not possibly come in and pinch pennies. Mm, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. They're spending the money. I think, I really think that the problem is, speaking of dead people, is that... (laughs) You know, the people above Dave Scott are probably still holding some kind of freakish deferential thing towards Ed Snyder where they don't want to fuck with his baby. And he picked Dave Scott and he picked Bob Clark and he did all of this. And so they don't want to fuck with it because he is some kind of God because he brought the hockey team to the, to the Philadelphia. Like, thank you. Appreciate it. But like, I do think that there's just a little bit too much of like 
oh no, we don't want to mess with the flyers. That's like a sacred cow. We can't fuck and with that's, it. That's like it's and it's too much. Like somebody just if they just lost that mindset. If they just lost that mindset, ownership would be better. But do you think Comcast Spectacore and you know sentient corporation? Uh, do you think they're capable of such a thing? I do think. Yeah, that like in, at the, some in the point. in the multiverse where all possibilities, you know, <laughs> no, exist. No, sure. no, no, I. But like I, in the in reality, can Spectacore separate themselves from that? I don't think I, so. I think that there is a chance that as this continues to get as bad as it's going to get, Jesus because we God. haven't hit worse. it yet. We haven't hit it yet. They just lost ten in a row for the third time in a calendar year. We can I, do it again. I, I I believe they will, Matt. I think that it's not so much going to be the losing of the money. It's going to be the embarrassment, like the egg on the face, the bad PR, the looking like idiots. Like that kind of stuff is going to get to somebody in Comcast that has some kind of control over Dave Scott. Who that person is, I don't know. I hope they listen to our podcast. I just think, like, it's going to take somebody who has not worked there for 50 years to to do this. Like, somebody Kelly who doesn't Hinkle. give a... Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm literally kidding. anybody. No, I'm not saying... literally anybody. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, Matt. You've been you've been awesome. Really yeah. appreciate it. Hope you forward, Kelly, that uh, whatever the link is. Yeah, because we need to talk about that uh, basically exclusively tomorrow, if that's something that's actually going on. Um, uh, again, I'm not saying like me or Kelly could run a Stanley Cup champion, uh, but I mean, literally anyone I've ever met could run the team as could. good as it's being run. Like we could, we wouldn't be worse. It's certainly not. <laughs> the th- the thing with us is that we would the two of us are smart enough to know that we are fucking idiots and that we should hire very smart people to make decisions for us. I think I'd get power. I think I'd get on a power trip. You think so? You'd be you'd be the Bob Clark of the organization. <laughs> I think I'd want like I would try it my way for one season just to see if I'm actually a genius, and then I'd have to learn that I'm not, and then go in another direction. To be quite honest with you, I would probably trust you with it first season just to see what <laughs> like, happens. Fuck it, let me see, and then and yeah. then be like, okay, we need to go get like Doctor T or something. I mean, Doctor T is the guy. He right. will uh, Nikki, save us at some point. Nikki Hall wants to jump back in. I'm going to take Nikki's call. What's up? It's funny that y'all were talking about this because I literally was having this discussion with a buddy of mine the other day. I was kind of just, we were throwing around possibilities. Like, you know, we're kind of, we were looking at the, like, what if, what if we didn't get Chuck Fletcher? Like what, 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 what spectacle could this, what direction would this team have gone? Like what, what decisions could have possibly have been made? Would Johnny Hockey be on this squad? Would yes. we have won a Stanley Cup? Would we have no. would we have made playoff appearance? Well, yeah, huh. honestly, but um, but like I don't know. It's just <laughs> honestly, it's just it's one of those things where it's like <sighs> if, if, if realistically, and you know, level with me for a second here. Any other general manager for any other organization. If you go through a span of three seasons with multiple, not one, 
not two, but multiple 10-game losing streaks, wouldn't that put somebody on the hot seat to be like, yeah, no, get out? The only problem is he's had all of these injuries as a cushion. That's the yeah. that's the real problem, is that every single one of these seasons, he's had something that could be pointed at and said, no, it wasn't the team, it was this thing. Well, that's the thing, and Bill's even brought it up, that like there are lots of teams that are playing with like multiple injuries, and they're finding ways to win. Oh, I'm not saying it's like, right. I'm just saying that that's what they're doing. No, I know, but it just it just feels so ridiculous. Like, I mean, yeah, Comcast is part of the problem. I think there's no secret there. But like, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, at what point do we have to say like, all right, you know, these injuries. Okay, I get it. We're banged up, but we got to find ways to win. Like. Not a big, not the best comparison. Like the Eagles are ten and one, and they have they are injured pretty bad. They have their top like what top three guys, six guys, how many guys out? Well, yeah, that's it's in. Thanks a lot, Nikki. Uh, it's it's always you know look at the Eagles team that won a Super Bowl. They did it without their quarterback, without their starting left tackle, without their best running back, without their starting middle linebacker. Like good teams have depth and leadership and can overcome and bad teams can't. And that's what the flyers are. It's, it's not, it's not shocking. Like the, the Phillies this past season, you know, yeah. in the playoffs, they were great. They played their absolute best baseball when Bryce Harper was hurt. I'm not saying that's a thing that they can sustain, but for a month they were fucking awesome. And they did it without their best player because they had leadership and they had depth. Uh, this team just doesn't. And it does start at the top. Kelly, I am, very excited uh, to talk about the potential of this team being up for sale. Uh, if there's so even just whispers, if, if there's even just whispers of it, uh, that's something I didn't, you know, we always, oh, well, leadership has to change. Maybe they'll be for sale. I write off ownership so much simply because, one, we have no control over it. Like, we can lobby hard enough and get the fans uh, you know, rallied around us enough to like for them to fire a coach or something, but ownership, that's not something we have any control over. So I kind of just ignore it for the most part, but if it's something that could happen, holy shit. It certainly would um, be a thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be like yeah. something. That's all right. Sure. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about that and all sorts of Flyers topics tomorrow. If you have questions that we didn't address on this post game, hit me up at Philadelphia one and uh, let me know because I'm always looking for help writing the uh, writing the podcast and not having to do any work myself, actually, uh, so do that. So, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you to Kelly Hinkle very much for coming by and helping us out tonight, and thank you all for listening and hanging out. Very much appreciated. Of course, if you enjoyed what you heard tonight, you can always subscribe to the podcast. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, just like this show, uh, Broad Street Hockey, the flagship show. Kelly's checking out the competition, our pregames, uh, flyperbole, all sorts of stuff, and it is all totally free. All you have to do is follow Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. Maybe write us some nice words, you know, five-star review, etc. All right, that'll do it for me. Uh, we'll be recording tomorrow the flagship BSH radio, so that'll be a lot of fun. Until next time, folks, my name is Bill Matz. I love you, Mom.